It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! I'm older and I'm wise. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it? I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Here we go, taking you home on a Monday edition of the Sports Rush. Back at the studio after a weekend away with Mastodon's basketball. I am Brett Rump. Adam Lundy, our studio producer. We've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Big show coming up. We've got... Of course, our Monday visit with Don Fisher. It's our 15 minutes with Fish. We'll have that in hour number two. Plenty of good things to talk about. In fact, this might be the most positive conversation that we will have with Don Fisher so far this year. You know, it's been a long season talking to Don on Mondays about the Indiana football game. And most of those didn't go well after the first three weeks of the season. And then it hasn't exactly been a... Full steam ahead for Indiana Hoosiers basketball over the last five, six weeks. So it's nice to talk to Fish. And our 15 Minutes with Fish, presented by Cruzy Automotive Service, comes your way at 520. Of course, we have to start with Purdue. Got to give our respects to the Purdue Boilermakers. Number one again in the AP poll. They have reclaimed the top spot with a 19-1 and record. They didn't exactly look like a number one team yesterday on their home court at Mackey Arena against Maryland, but they won. And that's the key, is even on those bad days when some shots don't fall and you're struggling to get your offensive rhythm, uh, that you're able to find ways to win. And Purdue played just enough defense to beat Maryland yesterday, 58 to 55 and because kansas got beat twice first they got knocked off by kansas state by a point and then they got blown out at home by tcu so kansas drops like seven spots this week in the poll they're out of consideration for the top spot houston had a surprise loss yesterday against temple at houston and so that opened the door the two teams that were ranked above uh, Purdue both lost, so Purdue uh, assumes the top spot in the college basketball AP poll after the 58-55 win over Maryland. Zach Eady, 24.16 rebounds, uh, but really, other than Eady, not much efficiency offensively for the Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, you look at the numbers, and Caleb First was two for seven. Fletcher Lawyer, three for nine, including one for four from distance. Braden Smith, who I thought played a pretty good game, but then I looked at the box score and he was 0 for 4 from the floor, 0 for 1 from 3, but he was 8 for 8 at the free throw line. So at crunch time, he made a couple of big free throws. Uh, Ethan Morton was 2 for 5, missed both his three-pointers. Mason Gillis just 1 for 3 with a couple of three-point misses. 
You had Brandon Newman over three with a three-point miss. And David Jenkins Jr., who played 12 minutes, was one for two. Uh, overall, Purdue shot just two of 13 from three. But now that opens the door to if a team hits six or seven threes, it makes it kind of tough because, you know, that that's 15 to 18 points. They gain the advantage on the three-point line. Purdue was able to hold Maryland to just three of 21 from beyond the arc. That is 14% three-point shooting. So it was kind of ugly from distance. Purdue shot 15%, and Maryland shot 14% from distance. And so without it being decided at the three-point line, it came down to free throws, and it came down to Zach Eady, and that's an advantage Purdue. Boilermakers get the win at home, and they continue to be or return to be the number one team in the land. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad uh, I didn't catch this game because it sounds like it just kind of was ugly all around, honestly. Because, I mean, you've got both teams shooting under 39% from the floor, under under 16% from three. But, yeah, those are those kind of games where you have to rely on a, a, a big guy who can just put the ball in the basket, I would there say. There was a 10-minute stretch in that game, 10 minutes of real time. I, I would have to think, and this is just estimate off the top of my head, but I think there was about a 10-minute stretch probably between eight or nine minutes left and four or five minutes left, where I felt like Purdue had every opportunity to put the game away. They kept coming up with misses offensively. And then I thought, well, Maryland's got a chance to make a run, get right into this and make this interesting. And Maryland was not scoring either. I mean, I think there was a stretch there where I don't know if I saw more than one basket scored over about a 10-minute period by both teams combined. And eventually, Maryland made it interesting, but Purdue was able to hold on. The two big free throws at the end from Braden Smith, uh, who, by the way, got his number retired. You don't hear that too often in high school basketball because the budgets don't allow you to take one <laughs> one jersey out of circulation. No, we got to keep those uniform numbers available. But as a, as a Mr. Basketball, his number one at Westfield was retired on Saturday night, and then he came back on Sunday and played the game against Maryland. But, uh, yeah, big big weekend for Braden Smith with the Purdue Boilermakers. I, I don't, you know, I I love the team, and I think they've got the toughest guy to guard in all of college basketball, Zach Eady. But, I mean, I think there's holes in this Purdue team, and the question is, can they run six wins in a row to claim a national title? I just don't know. I mean, if you play the toughest competition, game in, game out, because they got a break. They had an off game, and it happened to be against a Maryland team that did not shoot the ball all that well. I mean, they were 37% for the field, 14% from three. And part of that is Purdue's defense. Yes, they have a, a high-intensity defense. They don't give you a lot of easy looks. I understand that. But when you're taking on one of the better teams in the country, those teams are going to make some tough shots. And they're going to shoot the ball better than three for 21 from three. And so I guess my, my question is, can Purdue be consistent enough to run six wins together and claim a Big Ten championship or a NCAA championship? And, of course, they'll have to string, what, three games minimum together to claim a Big Ten championship. So, you know, that would be nine straight wins if you think this Purdue team should win the Big Ten Championship and the NCAA Tournament. That's, I mean, they, I, I mean, they've done it. I guess we shouldn't be shocked. 
they have done it, but that's mixing in some of the non-D1s. That's mixing in some of the lower teams in the Big Ten. I'm talking about taking on the top teams in the conference at the Big Ten tournament and then taking on a lot of the top teams in the country in the NCAA tournament. Does this Purdue team have what you think it's going to take to win six straight games? And what if they end up in a bracket where they match up with somebody who has a guy that's 7-1-7-2? And, uh, you know, who's going to be the guy that balances or, or gives Purdue their offense if Zach Eady does get taken away? I mean, there's 24 points, a 16 rebounds, seven offensive rebounds. I mean, that goes a long way. Extra possessions, extra buckets. I mean, that's a big difference. Um, second chance points, uh, Actually favored Purdue by just one. I was looking at it. I thought, well, Purdue probably had the advantage in second chance points, and not really, because Maryland had 13 offensive rebounds. That's a problem, too. Can't give up 13 offensive rebounds. Purdue had 15 of them, but basically balanced that out by giving Maryland 13 offensive rebounds. So what do you think about the Boilermakers? 46862. Also, a lot of NFL football this weekend. How much of it did you have a chance to see, Adam? I would say about uh, two and a half games out of four. Okay. Yeah. Um, I Well, Saturday, obviously, a little tied up. I yeah. was trying to follow the games, but I had the Mastodon's broadcast right in the middle of the, of the uh, which game was that? The Jacksonville-Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a chance to really follow a whole lot of that. Uh, I wasn't all that interested in Philadelphia and New York. I don't know if I'd have even watched it if I had it available. Yeah, it uh, was kind of ugly early for the Giants. I'd have probably turned it off if I did go to watch it Yeah, because it was very one-sided. Yeah. And I kind of expected Philadelphia would win. Um, and it's just it just was a game I, I didn't have that much interest in spending my time watching. And so I, I didn't watch that. Didn't see much of the Kansas City-Jacksonville game, although I did follow it. Mm-hmm. I thought Jacksonville might have a chance against Kansas City, but I thought it would be a long shot. I took Kansas City to win. But I didn't like the the nine point spread, um, and so uh, Jacksonville did cover, lost by seven. And I tell you what, for the Colts, that's not good to have a Jacksonville team that is really on the rise. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, I would say they're like a year behind the Bengals, maybe closer to two years behind the Bengals. But they pick up a couple of more guys to fill a couple of spots. Trevor Lawrence keeps getting experience. You're going to have a receiver that's going to end up signing there because they want to play with Trevor Lawrence or they want to take their run at a at a uh, Super Bowl championship. That's that's a team that's going to have to be dealt with. But uh, they fall to Kansas City. So Kansas City advances, and they go up against this week the Cincinnati Bengals. Bulled you with that one, Adam. You had the yeah. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I had the Bills. <laughs> I Something about Josh Allen this season, and I still love Josh Allen. I mean, I still think when he's one of the top four or five quarterbacks easily in the NFL, maybe one of the top three. But this season, he just has not quite had it, and it seems to have shaken his confidence a little bit. Uh, I don't think their game plan was good. I thought the Bengals came out, had more of an edge, had more of a focus, had more of a mission, and they put it to Buffalo, put them on their heels a little bit early, and the Bills didn't respond. And uh, eventually, 
it was a pretty one-sided game. I mean, 27-10, and I don't even know if it's that close. But Josh Allen has Dak Prescott to send a thank you to. I mean, what Dak Prescott did last night against the 49ers got everybody talking today about what? The Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Is Prescott good enough to get the Cowboys over the hump? Is he good enough to ever take this team to a Super Bowl? Are the Cowboys going to be better off trading away Dak Prescott? And and that's all you heard today, right? Yeah. It kind of saved Josh Allen probably a lot of criticism because everybody was so focused on Dak Prescott because he had the late game. He's also the Cowboys. They have a bigger national following than the Bills. Because if you look at the numbers, these two quarterbacks had very similar outings in their games yesterday. Josh Allen, uh, in the game yesterday, ended up, and let me look real quick here because I've got it saved on my uh, on my phone. Josh Allen was 25 of 42. Dak Prescott was 23 of 37. There's not much difference. 23 of 37 versus 25 of 42. Mm-hmm. Prescott threw for 206 yards. Allen threw for 265. But again, Allen had five more passing attempts. Prescott did not throw a touchdown pass, had one interception. So basically between the two, he was minus one. While Josh Allen threw a touchdown but had two interceptions, so he was also a minus one. Dallas scored 12 points. Buffalo scored 10 points. So to me, Josh Allen should be getting as much negative attention today. And I think the expectations are higher for a Josh Allen. He's expected to be the offense for Buffalo. He's the reason people are picking Buffalo. It's like Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you when you pick Dallas, a lot of it might be because you believe in their defense. A lot of it might be because you believe in uh, Micah Parsons. And my gosh, that guy's unbelievable. Did you see him throw away uh, McGlinchey that one one play? Yeah, it was like a like a trash bag into the dumpster. It was a double team. They double teamed him with a right guard and a right tackle, two offensive linemen. Now, sometimes you see that end guy double teamed when you'll leave a tight end in or you'll have a running back that will come up and help. They actually doubled him with two big offensive linemen, and he beat the first one on a spin move and then just threw, and I think it's McGlinchey. I think that's his name, McGlinchey. Uh, just threw him to the side. Yeah. Unbelievable. And he's not a big guy. <laughs> no, he's just strong. Just strong. And so, and quick. But some people might have bet Dallas or believed in Dallas because of their defense. Yeah. Some might have believed in uh, C.C. Lamb, uh, C.D. Lamb, whatever his name is. People were kind of banking on Brock Purdy's inexperience versus Dak knowing the moment. But, uh, yeah. But, none but of... the bottom line is it's not like Dak has to be perfect. It's, right. There's other... Other ways that the Cowboys can beat you. And so, uh, but to me, it's like, okay, you ride Josh Allen if you're picking the Bull or the Bills. I'm having a tough time. It's <laughs> Monday. I've been out for a few days. The Buffalo Bulls. The Buffalo Bulls. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's close. It is the close. Logo, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, a yeah. Bill and Bull, they, they kind of look the same. The go. logo could be confusing. It could. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the, uh, uh, the two performances very similar, and not a much not much talk about how Josh Allen really failed miserably. Yeah, he's uh, kind of benefiting from the uh, recency bias. But no, the- no talk about should they trade him. You hear that with Dallas, right? Sure do. Should Dallas continue to ride Dak Prescott? 
Well, the Bills are in a very similar situation, aren't they? They've, they've gone out and they've gotten all kinds of people around Josh Allen, much like the Dallas Cowboys, and yet the Bills consistently end up short of the Super Bowl. And so uh, uh, I, I, I'm just trying to balance things and say, you know what? If you're going to give criticism to Dak Prescott, might want to throw some darts the way of Josh Allen because he wasn't exactly perfect yesterday either. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Uh, you got any news of what's happening in the world of sports? Let's go ahead and check in. Let's get today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. All right, well, Chiefs coach Andy Reid said today that Patrick Mahomes will play in the AFC title game against the Bengals and that the high ankle sprain he sustained is less severe than the one he played through during the 2019 season opener. High ankle sprain. Normally we hear that and it's associated with like six weeks out, right? High ankle sprain. How many hits is he going to be able to take before that thing is throbbing? I mean... I, I guess in today's medicine, there's probably some shots, some pills, some pretty good braces and tape jobs. <laughs> but, I, you know, part of what makes Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is escapability in the pocket, right? Extending plays and getting plays off script and beating you. That takes that part away. And I, I, I told you when I came in today, I'm going Bengals. Yes, you did. And so I'm not going to waver. I'm on Bengals for the game against the Chiefs, and I will stay on Bengals. An NBA trade today. The Los Angeles Lakers acquired Rui Hachimura from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round draft picks. Hachimura was the ninth pick in the 2019 draft and has been averaging 13 points on 49% shooting from the floor, 34% from three off the bench for the Wizards. You would know what makes this trade pretty uh, noteworthy. Hendrick Nunn is a former Oakland Golden Grizzly from the Horizon League. Well, there you go. A wide receiver who recently transferred to national champion Georgia from Mississippi State was arrested Monday on felony and misdemeanor charges. Radarius Thomas was booked at around 4 a.m. on a felony charge of false imprisonment and a misdemeanor court count of family violence battery, according to Clark County Jail Records. So more bad news there for the Georgia football team. And there you go. That's today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. Got a text that came in on the uh, Parkview Sports Medicine text line talking about Josh Allen. Go ahead and read that real quick because I do want to respond to it, Adam. Yeah, they said Josh Allen shouldn't take more criticism. He is the best rushing option for Buffalo and many times has to get yardage on the ground. No solid rushing attack for Buffalo. Dak has a two-headed running game and a strong defense that gave him every opportunity to win it. Bill's defense wet the bed. I would take Josh Allen all day over Dak. Here's the thing, and here's my best analogy, is that Josh Allen is somewhat the Buffalo Bills, LeBron James in his prime. And if LeBron James didn't take his team, regardless of who the cast of characters were, whether it was in Miami or whether it was in Cleveland... If he didn't get his team to the NBA Finals, he would be criticized for not reaching their potential. And that's all I'm saying about Josh Allen is that he is the man in Buffalo. And I don't disagree with that text that sometimes he is the man rushing the ball. Sometimes he is the man throwing the ball. But when he has a bad game and his team loses, 
that you need to call it out. It wasn't Josh Allen's best day. And Buffalo can't overcome that. With Dallas, my point is that they do have a running game, although Pollard got hurt. Uh, they do have a defense better than Buffalo's. Uh, you know, Buffalo did not did not have a good defensive day. And quite honestly, Kansas City's not a real great defense either. I think Joe Burrow's going to pick them apart. I think the Bengals are going to have a big day against Kansas City. Um, and And so... My only argument is that, you know, there was a, there's a lot expect, uh, expected of Josh Allen. With Dak Prescott, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. You hope the other pieces are good enough to still survive and move on. And when they're not, then it's automatic that the quarterback gets criticism. In Buffalo, the expectations going in are Josh Allen's going to carry this football team. And in some ways, that's respect for Josh Allen because everybody appreciates his talent, just how good he is and how much he means to that Buffalo football team. But when he falls short and the Buffalo Bills lose, he deserves perhaps the criticism. And, and, and also, I want to make this clear because apparently the texture thought that uh, I would, what, trade or swap? No, there's no swap here. I, I would take Josh Allen every day, any day, over Dak Prescott. And even if LeBron James didn't make the, the NBA Finals, I would take LeBron James to build my basketball team. Back in the prime. Yeah. Not not now. He's a little old. But back, <laughs> you know, six, seven, eight years ago, uh, you know, if he failed, we would criticize but it doesn't mean that we wouldn't respect and consider him the number one player in the entire league. And like I said, and I did state this, I still consider Josh Allen to be a top five, maybe a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. It just was not his day. He didn't perform well. Dak Prescott didn't perform well. Go ahead and make your comparisons. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. College basketball, how about those Hoosiers? It is a new Indiana basketball team. Man, I, I tell you, if you're an Indiana fan, you're loving it and you're hating it at the same time because I guarantee you, and somebody should text us to back me up on this because I know Indiana fans, and if you don't text me and back me up on this, you're lying. <laughs> 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Indiana fans are absolutely loving that this team has figured it out, that is scoring points. They're starting to lock down defensively, and it scares the heck out of them because they know over the, the course of the last 10 years that these kind of streaks happen, and then all of a sudden they can turn like a light switch again. And Indiana can come out flat, and then they can have chemistry issues, or they get an injury or something happens that blows the fun. And so nobody enjoys it as much as they probably should because it's not like they think, oh, they figured it out. Now we're going to ride to the end of the season with this team showing up each and every game. They are afraid that, geez, if this team starts winning and they start believing in themselves, then all of a sudden they'll come out flat. And uh, who knows what will happen. So you think they need to continue playing with that underdog mentality? They need that edge, man. They, yeah. They've all of a sudden, they've come out, they've got an identity. How many times have I said on this show, Trace Jackson Davis needs to get more shots? How many times? Uh, I mean, you can't count them, right? <laughs> no, I can't count that high. Probably, probably at least as many times as Trace Jackson shot the basketball this weekend <laughs> uh, against Michigan State. 
Grace Jacks Davis was 10 for 20 from the field. 20 shots out of the Hoosiers' 55 attempts. Okay, that's what you've got to do. You've got to go to your your thoroughbred. And the, and the Hoosiers have figured that out. They're running the offense through Trace. Another 30-point game, 31 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, uh, five block shots. Great stat line for Trace Jackson Davis. Played 38 minutes, 47 seconds, almost the entire basketball game. Nobody came close to matching his minutes. And that's what Indiana's got to do. Ride your best player. And they did it. And they figured it out. And then the complimentary players have to do their part. They have to play their roles. And guys like Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates, they knew exactly what they were out there to do. And that was to hit three-pointers because they combined uh, to go eight for nine from distance. And that supports what Trace Jackson Davis is doing around the basket. It also makes teams a little leery or cautious of double teams because if you go to double team a two-point shooter down low and it and it results in giving up three points, all of a sudden you don't have to be a mathematician to think maybe we need to revise this this game plan, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, Indiana was making them pay on those double teams. So uh, big win for the Hoosiers, and uh, and now they are four and four in the Big Ten, and hopefully it is a trend and a trajectory that can continue uh, for Indiana. Four six eight six two Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Oh, speaking of college basketball, I know you've got a story that came down the pipeline today. Yes, I certainly do. Well. You heard about Purdue getting back to number one, right, Brett? Yes. But yep. Another number team. One. Another team that we root for has moved up as well. I know who. The nineteen and one. Who? Florida Atlantic Owls. Who? There we go. Have moved up three spots from twenty four to twenty one to remain in the AP Men's Top twenty five this nothing week. Nothing fires you up like that, Owl. Go ahead, get. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's really... That chills me to the bone. But you missed when you said a team has moved up from 24 to 21, and I said, who? <laughs> <laughs> who was it, Brett? Who? <laughs> who? Tell me, Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you're having way too much fun with that owl button. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Florida Atlantic Owls from Boca Raton, which is where I've got uh, a home down there. And uh, so so they're, they're kind of my adopted hometown team a little bit. I've got the Mastodons here. I've got Florida Atlantic down there. Right now, Florida Atlantic is, what, 18 and 1? 19 and 1. 19 and 1. Yeah. And they're at home coming up this Thursday in a nationally televised game. So, you know, they can spread – the love for the Owls nationwide. Dusty Mays done a terrific job with that Florida Atlantic program, and they are buzzing about FAU down around Boca Raton. I can just tell you that. Uh, thank you for the story. Go ahead. What is it? One more time, Adam. The this- Florida Atlantic Owls. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, Pacers. No sound effects for the Pacers. They uh, they had a rough road trip, to say the least. I got one for them. Da, da, da. I knew that was coming. Too predictable now, Adam. <laughs> Pacers lose four in a row on the road, including a game to the Phoenix Suns. Suns playing, of course, without Devin Booker, and so you think maybe 
a Suns team that's been hovering around 500. But boy, the Pacers need Tyrese Halliburton back in a big way. They need that leader. They need what it is. You know what it is. If you watch this team, they've lost their glue. You've heard you've heard players referred to as the glue. They've lost their glue, so they're like a bunch of tumbling sticks that have no glue to hold them together. Um, and so, Pacers uh, and the games aren't even that close. I mean, you know, they they get leads and then they're just completely blown out. Um, yeah, so. Uh, the Suns ended up beating the Pacers. What was the final? 112-10. Oh, and in this one, Suns had a pretty commanding lead, and then the Pacers made that late run, made it close. And you thought, oh, they're right there. They're three points down. Then Buddy Hill missed, missed a three. They got the ball back, but then the next thing you know, um, uh, what was it? I think, well, maybe it was Buddy Hill missed the three, and then Phoenix came down and hit a three. And it's like, okay, that's ball game. And then it ended up being a five-point Final 112-107. So the Pacers 0-4. And now they're slipping to where they may fall out of even a play-in position. they got the Bulls coming up next. And uh, the Bulls are in pursuit of the Pacers. I'd have to look at the standings to figure it all out exactly. But I know the Pacers have to uh, be very leery of where they're at and try to hold on to that play on play-in spot. Because now it's not even up a playoff. In fact, one time the Pacers were in the playoff spot. They were in sixth place. Yeah. Then it was seventh and eighth. Then it was ninth. Now it's like, hold on to tenth. They're like hanging on the edge of the cliff with just their fingernails. It's <laughs> They need Tyrese Halliburton back. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, you wonder, does the losing streak start to build momentum toward a Miles Turner trade? Just hard to figure out what's going through the mind of Kevin Pritchard right now for the Indiana Pacers. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Girls basketball had their draw. We know some of the high-profile matchups. Yes, there's a couple of them that are going to take place in the opening round. I won't have my rant this year, I promise. My annual rant. Actually, it's become almost a tri-annual rant because I have it for football. Then I have the girls basketball draw that I can complain about. And then the boys basketball draw because none of them use any kind of seeding, which is... Stupid in today's day and age where there's so much media access to to basketball and where you've got all these online services that rank teams, all you've got to do is trust somebody, rank them, even if you only see the top two teams in a sectional. You say, by the power polls, these are the top two teams. Third team then goes into the bracket with team number two. Okay, and in most cases, you don't go much deeper than that, and it's not going to be that big of an impact. But the other argument I have is that any team that's had a successful regular season deserves a waiting to get a buy. I don't want to see one in 17 teams getting a straight shot into a semifinal. Do you? No. No. Thought you weren't going to go on your rant, Brett. Oh, that's right. I started. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put an end to it. We'll come back. We'll tell you the girls' basketball draw when we come back on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Mike Nutter, team president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
You'll have to stop me if I start my rant, Adam, because, you know, some, somehow, uh, as soon as I said last segment I wasn't going to rant, I started in on a rant. And I don't know why, it just kind of took over. <laughs> I mean, you're very passionate my about My mouth it. just bypasses my brain altogether and just goes off automatically. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yesterday, we did have the girls' high school basketball tournament draw. And for those that haven't followed the girls' basketball this year, let me fill you in on a few of the matchups to keep in mind as we head into tournament play starting next week. Uh, we will be on the road. We've got your girls' high school basketball coverage right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And uh, let's start with 4A, where they have a tournament at DeKalb that features Northside, DeKalb, Carroll, Northrop, Snyder, and East Noble. And game one on Tuesday night, we'll have Northside 6-13 and 13 against DeKalb 11-9. and nine. And then two pretty good basketball teams hook up in the second game on Tuesday with the Carroll Chargers 13-6 and six against the Northrop Bruins at 18-2. and two. I mean, I don't, you know, they're going through the formality of this tournament, but we already know who's going to win state. There's nobody's going to beat South Bend, Washington. I, I, I mean, was that the team that destroyed Northrop? Noblesville isn't going to do it. I mean, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, Northrop, I thought it had a chance at a state run. And then you just realize the separation between a Northrop and Washington. And I. Yeah, that score, huge, that score was very oh, telling. Be a huge upset if somebody knocks off Washington. But anyway, uh, Friday night, the teams that get the bye. Snyder in game one, they'll take on the winner of Northside DeKalb. And in game two, East Noble awaits the winner of Carroll and Northrop. Best records in the sectional, the Bruins 18-2 and two, and Snyder at 16-4. and four. And Snyder-Northrop had a pretty good matchup until uh, second half. But first half, uh, in fact, I think Snyder might have had a halftime lead in that one. Uh, the other 4A sectional... Takes place at Huntington North, where it's Southside, New Haven, Columbia City, Homestead, Huntington North, and Wayne. And the bracket plays out this way. On Tuesday night, you've got Southside opening it up. The Archers are 2-15, and 15, and they take on 2-17 and 17 New Haven. So a two-win team will advance into the dramatic semifinals. You'll also have... Uh, Columbia City and Homestead in Game 2. Oh, that just happens to be a matchup of two of the state-ranked teams. Columbia City's 18-2, and two, Homestead's 16-4. and four. Homestead's played a really, really tough schedule. And so that is going to be our featured game that night. We will be at Huntington North next Tuesday for Columbia City and Homestead. Girls basketball, girls sectional basketball from the Huntington North sectional. Then you've got Friday night, the two teams with the bye. Huntington North will take on the winner of Southside New Haven. Huntington North comes in 15-4. and four, And Wayne at 13-7 and seven will have the, uh, the duty of taking on Columbia City Homestead's winner. And the championships of, of all these sectionals will be then on Saturday night. Concordia hosting a 3A. Heritage Dwinger open it up on Tuesday. That is a lone game. On uh, Tuesday night, five and fourteen Heritage, seven and fifteen Dwenger. Game two, or the second game of the sectional, will be the first game on Wednesday night. There'll be two games on Wednesday, just the one game on Tuesday. Wednesday night opens with Leo 
11 and 9 versus Concordia at 8 and 13. And then Garrett, 9 and 11 versus Angola, 11 and 10. Uh, Woodland appropriately got the bye in this sectional. So nothing to complain about here because Woodland's 18 and 4, clearly by far the favorite of the sectional, and they get the bye into the semifinals. And uh, they'll await Tuesday's winner of Heritage Dwinger, while the other Wednesday night winners will play each other in the other semifinal. Now in Class 3A at Norwell, you've got Peru, Maconaqua. That's 8 and 12 versus 4 and 16. Belmont at 16 and 4 takes on a 7 and 14 Oak Hill team first game on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, game two, Northwestern 14 and 4 versus Mississinawa 6 and 15. Norwell appropriately gets the bye. See, they, they kind of deflated my, my rant a bit. That helps. Northwestern at 17 and 3 gets the bye. They'll take on the winner of Peru, Maconaqua, and then uh, should be a great semifinal in game two because it will be the winners from uh, the Belmont Oak Hill, Northwestern Mississippi game, which should be a couple of four loss teams in Belmont and Northwestern going at it to earn the right to get into Saturday's championship game. All right, so now we're at 2 A. Are you following all this, Adam? I'm right here with you. Where are we going to be for our first game on Tuesday? Huntington North. Yep, we've got Homestead, Columbia City. All right, let's move to 2A. Uh, Central Noble hosting a 2A bracket. And on Tuesday night, two games, Cherubusco 5-15 against Westview 8-13. And, and then the 20-2 uh, and two Central Noble Cougars will take on Prairie Heights 1-19. That'll be fun. Uh, Central Noble, a favorite. <laughs> Fremont gets a bye. They'll play the winner of Busco Westview. And Eastside at 14-7 and seven gets a bye, but they will have to play most likely Central Noble in the other semifinal. Got a tournament in 2A in Bluffton, where Bluffton and Manchester hook up Tuesday night at 6. 8-10 Bluffton, 6-14 Manchester. Then you've got South Adams and Whitco. South Adams, a winning record at 11-10. and 10. Whitco, just shy of 500 at 8-11. And, and then uh, the buys, Adams Central at 6-14. And, and Bishop Lewers is 9-12. And, and Adams Central plays the winner of Bluffton, Manchester, while uh, Lewers will take on the winner of South Adams, Whitco. 1A, Blackhawk. Lakewood Park, Hamilton to open it up on Tuesday. Then you've got semifinals. On Friday, the first semifinal is already set as Blackhawk, 11 and 10, takes on 19 and 2, Bethany Christian. Elkar Christian at 5 and 13 will take on the winner of 8 and 11, Lakewood Park versus 2 and 10, Hamilton. So the two best teams in this sectional will meet in a semifinal because they've only got one opening round game. And then uh, Southern Wells, that again, a five-team sectional with Southwood taking on Canterbury. And uh, Southwood 14-5, and five, Canterbury 1-16. and 16. On Friday, it is the semifinals. And semifinal number one is Lakewood Lakeland Christian at 12-5 and five versus Southern Wells at 7-12. And, and then Northfield at 4-13 and 13 waits for the winner 
of 14 and 5 Southwood and 1 and 16 Canterbury. And those winners, again, will all return on Saturday night for championships. Uh, we are going to be where? We're going to be uh, Huntington North. Is that where we're going to be? I don't know. I, I'm the one that recommended where we go, but I don't remember now what was decided. And it's next week, so we don't have it on the schedule yet. Which date are we asking? Next next weekend? Right. I know Friday and Saturday we will be out somewhere. Huntington North and then Norwell. Huntington North on Friday, Norwell yep. Championship. So if Belmont Norwell do meet in the championship at Norwell, we will be there to cover it. And on Friday night, we will have, I believe we just have game two on Friday night at Huntington North where you will have uh, Wayne at 13-7 and seven taking on the winner of Columbia uh-huh. City and Homestead. Yep, you got it. All right, got it all figured out. There you go. There's your uh, tournament brackets. No rant today. There you go. Yeah, just keep, keep things positive on a Monday. Went ahead and gave it to you, how it all came out with ping pong balls. No frozen envelopes. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, still coming up with the show. Don't forget about 30 minutes away from hearing from Don Fisher. It's our 15 minutes with Fish from the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. As Don Fisher will share with us keys to Indiana's success. How about the Hoosiers? Three straight wins and they get them over Wisconsin, Illinois and Michigan State. Three of the top teams in the Big Ten. So a good stretch going right now for the Hoosiers. Here's here's the thing. And I'll have to ask Don about this. They've got Minnesota next. Oh, don't blow the streak again. Don't go beat <laughs> Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan State. And then give one back and go below 500 in the Big Ten by losing to Minnehaha. Because Minnesota's bad. The Golden Gophers. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color they are. Oh, I, I just love that mascot. But, yeah, no, they're not a good team. They're, and, not, they're not good. They're, and uh, Indiana should win. They're kind of in a cycle of transition with the new coach and a rebuild going on, and that's not a good basketball team. No. Indiana should win that game. But, again, Indiana's got to show up believing that they're going to have a fight and they're going to have to be the aggressor. They're going to have to be the tougher team. And that's the thing I think that's changed for Indiana is all of a sudden they've taken the court believing – we have to be the tougher team because mm-hmm. I've called them soft and they've been soft. And all of a sudden they've realized, hey, we can't play soft because when we play soft, we end up on our heels and get our doors blown off. So, uh, yeah, just do not lose Wednesday night up in Minnesota. We'll take a break. Coming up, we've got hour number two, a lot more with college basketball, some NBA, Colts head coaching search news, and uh, – well, well, we'll talk about the NFL playoffs and some of the matchups and what we saw over the weekend. It's all coming up right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 